Hi, this is Eric Boyce, CEO and Chief Investment Officer for BK Wealth Consulting, and here with you today with a little bit of a special note uh, on the eve of what we anticipate will be a fairly large interest rate increase uh, by the Federal Reserve on short-term rates, and, and really just wanted to kind of set the stage with a few comments, uh, observations, obviously, over the last several weeks. Much of this is covered in our weekly market minutes and charts of the week, but I thought I'd send out a special note just to kind of encapsulate everything uh, that you may have heard or may have read or, or may have uh, you know inferred from looking at the markets and the financial news. But obviously, the U.S. economy and stock market has struggled uh, quite a bit in the first half of this year. And then we're facing a, a multi-decade high in inflation. We have now aggressive monetary policy tightening by Federal Reserve. Uh, and we also have the fallout from both the Russia and Ukrainian war, as well as the uh, the Chinese lockdown impacting supply chains. Uh, you know, the S&P 500 is down over 20 percent uh, as of the close of business yesterday. Uh, we have, you know, had a lot of volatility, uh, increase in volatility, although not record volatility, uh, I think is an important point to mention here. Uh, we've had several kind of rallies within that where, you know, I think it tends to build a little bit of complacency when you start to see the rebound. But, you know, we, we have and they're called kind of counter trend rallies, but uh, aggressive Fed policy and kind of the changing of this liquidity uh, equation that we've had very, very uh, high liquidity for many years. And that's that's changing now. Uh, and, and also pretending slower economic growth will probably, you know, keep some pressure on stocks and prevent them from kind of exploding out like we saw in 2020 when the lockdowns were beginning to end. But um, so, like I said, we've had trillions of dollars of liquidity from both monetary policy as well as fiscal policy, a lot of the stimulus payments. Now, that liquidity is kind of drying up now. And so obviously the Fed's been raising short-term interest rates and they're beginning to let their balance sheet roll off, meaning they're not injecting more uh, liquidity into the market. So, you know, when you think about this and the lessons that have learned in the past, and we'll talk about this in just a second, but, you know, the question is, are we going to be able to navigate a soft landing or are we going to have a recession? And the, the secondary question on that is if you're going to have a recession, what does that look like? Is it a hard recession, prolonged recession, or is it a mild recession? And honestly, I think perhaps a mild recession is becoming much more likely now than uh, I probably would have even said uh, uh, maybe a month or two ago. But uh, so, but what's interesting about this bear market that we're in, and I'll kind of refer to the S&P 500, but Many of the underlying stocks have been at bear in a bear market for a long time, uh, particularly technology stocks, NASDAQ, Russell 2000 indices. Uh, and uh, so we've had a lot of downturn in specific stocks uh, for quite some time. And those were, those were areas that I think by and large, I think us as a firm have avoided. So we've kind of mitigated some of the volatility in our portfolios and we'll continue to do so. Um, but you know, within when you have bear markets for as long as they last, uh, you tend to have you know pockets, uh, as I alluded to before, where you have strong rallies, sharp rallies with uh, within that underlying downtrend, are very typical of a, of a bear market. So, I think we just need to be prepared for a little bit more volatility. But obviously, things will work themselves out in the end. Economy will settle out. Supply chains will settle out. COVID will further 
move behind, you know, move to the background in the lexicon, and then we will, you know, get past this and markets will rise again. Uh, it, it, it's time tested. It will happen at some point. We just kind of need to prepare for the journey in between. So we do have weakening earnings, profit margin outlooks, uh, you know, could continue to put pressure on things until, again, those things kind of settle out over over time. So, you know, I would say that this is not an environment where we want to take on a lot of risk uh, and, and be mindful uh, of the journey ahead. Uh, it, diversification continues to be extremely important, as well as, I think, rebalancing. A lot of people have been talking about proactive rebalancing in, in, in our portfolios. Uh, we have been doing that. We have been you know, trying to be proactive. Uh, and then, you know, with kind of an emphasis on quality factors, uh, you know, when you have an environment of high inflation, rising short-term interest rates, and weakening growth, you, uh, you know, some of these factors tend to perform really well, like strong companies that have strong free cash flow, uh, low volatility, positive earnings provisions, and healthy balance sheets, you know, lots of cash and limited amounts of debt. Now, on the fixed income side, I do think that uh, returns should be better uh, in, within the fixed income sphere in the second half of the year than the first. Uh, obviously, stocks and bonds both went down at the same time, and, and that was a bit of a challenging environment. Uh, now, we do continue to forecast some rising rates, but I think mo the bulk of the move, I think, has been made up until now. And I think uh, interest rates probably can top out in you know somewhere below 4% uh, because of this expectation that the economy is going to weaken. And so that will temper a lot of the upside in, in, uh, in interest rates. Um, but uh, again, uh, you know, heading into the year, expected this to some degree. I think Russia and Ukraine kind of accelerated some of this because it helped to push uh, some of the supply-induced inflation into the market. And so interest rates move higher a lot faster than I thought they would, uh, to be honest with you. And then that put further uh, constraints on the supply chain. Obviously, China locking down for COVID, also an issue there. But um, you know, I, I think the clear message, what we've seen and what we'll likely see in the messaging today uh, by the Fed is that they're going to continue to tighten policy pretty uh, diligently until inflation finally comes down. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the pace of rate, rate hikes after a period of time will begin to slow. You know, we'll have tightening financial conditions, which we're already beginning to see begin to slow the economy and then begin to tackle this inflation issue. And again, we haven't seen the peak. You know, this is the question we that, that people ponder. Have we, are we at the point of peak inflation? And I think some people thought that that happened last month and then the last inflation number uh, on the consumer side last Friday uh, that we got didn't seem to corroborate that. Uh, and so that obviously led to more anxiety, more volatility. But I, th I do think we're close because the economy, you can see these in the, in the data that, uh, uh, that elements of our economy are certainly slowing down. So market is pricing in a Fed funds rate, you know, probably about three and a quarter, three and a half by the end of uh, this year. Um, you know, that may or may not be too high. I think it's, it's probably, you know, some, somewhere in the two and a half to three range uh, might be a little bit more relevant, but 
you know, I think we're looking for a flat yield curve. I think volatility does remain high. But again, I think on the fixed income side, it's not going to be as great as we've seen it. Uh, and as I said, the bulk of, I think, the increase in yields has already taken place. Now, you know, when you look in the past, uh, and just economy-wise, there have been only two tightening cycles back in 1994 and 1984 that have avoided uh, the recession. And, you know, but there are different things going on now than took place back then. One, you have differences in demographic trends. Uh, and, you know, we have an aging population and that's going to tend to slow growth rates and inflation anyway. And then we have this forward guidance. The Fed is much more transparent than it was back in, in those days. And so, you know, that oftentimes you'd see things that would literally shock and awe the market. They would not see it coming. Uh, and it surprised a lot of people. The market does not like surprises. And so uh, uncertainty uh, was a key factor back in those days. And I think there, there is in much increased transparency that helps the market kind of pre-absorb some of this. And I think we've clearly seen that in these short-term rates that have moved up higher pretty quickly, anticipating everything that the Fed is really now doing. Uh, and so uh, uncertainty in terms of the global environment, obviously inflation is not a U.S. problem. Uh, it's a global problem. And so I do think that uncertainty remains high, but I think it probably has peaked. I've read several pieces that seem to think that economic uncertainty at least may have peaked in the first half of this year. Um, but, you know, obviously we'll have, you know, continued uncertainty with regard to Russia and Ukraine. Uh, you know, we have issues, uh, this uneven reopening of China. Uh, and I think inflation is going to be something we're going to be talking about well into next year globally. And then we have, you know, central banks all over the world that are continuing to raise interest rates in light of this inflation issue. Uh, so um, I'd say, you know, with correlations kind of increasing over markets, uh, and U.S. market, I think, still remaining, you know, as the best environment across the world. Uh, that uh, in, in international stocks are cheap, but we're awaiting the catalyst, and I don't think it's in front of us yet. Uh, and um, so, uh, but it, it will be an interesting environment, and I do think some areas will of the world will, will perform better than others, where supply chains are less of an issue, or you know, the, the makeup of their uh, economy, goods versus services, uh, is different. I think, you know, there'll be certain areas that will perform better and, and we'll have to be cognizant of that and be, be mindful and watchful uh, for those signals that might uh, inspire us to increase our international uh, allocation. But, um, but, uh, but uh, again, if you are under the impression that economic uncertainty may, may have peaked already, and what I mean by that is just that, you know, we entered the year worried about inflation, but we didn't have any sense of what the Fed was going to do, what their pace of interest rate increases were, when the peak inflation would happen, uh, how the economy would slow. And there's still some unknowns there, but at least we have a general sense of the pace of things. And so stocks have really shock absorbed a lot of this already. Uh, interest rates have moved higher. So I think the market's done some of the job for the Fed already uh, for it. And so, you know, if we can look ahead and say, okay, we understand that 
that growth is slowing, that earnings are likely to slow. We're going to have a little bit more volatility, but at some point selectivity within sectors uh, and even individual stocks versus one another uh, can can perform. And I think those are things that have, have been very typical of past bear markets that we want to watch. Uh, and again, I've been through many of these bear markets. Uh, you have to remain unemotional. You have to remain kind of attached to the data and attached to uh, the signals and the news flow. And you have to be an active reader and you have to act like a sponge because it really is the mosaic theory that kind of gets you through, through these things. It's not one data point. There are a lot of opinions out there. I caution people to get too caught up in the financial press. CNBC, there's lots of people that have lots of uh, ideas out there, but I think a proactive, diligent approach, trying to maintain low volatility, uh, accentuate the factors, like I said, high cash flow, strong balance sheets, strong companies that have been time tested during these environments uh, to, to perform better will get us through this and we will get onto the other side. And that's not to say that we're not looking for opportunities to make tactical investments to take advantage of things in the future, maybe like structured notes that have accelerated returns or in this environment, maybe looking for additional incremental yield with significant downside protection. Those are all things that we're spending a lot of time working on and working on our with our, our partners and our collaborators uh, within the financial industry. And so I just wanted to reassure everybody uh, in taking about you know 10 to, I'll call it now 14 minutes now that, um, that you know, we are spending a lot of time in this environment. We are watching data very closely. Uh, we are watching portfolios very closely. And um, and if you ever have any questions or concerns or cares or questions, you know, and, and all the questions I've received today have been fantastic questions, and I, I urge you to keep them coming. Uh, you're welcome to reach me at 512-496-5709 is my direct line, or eric at bkawealth.com. Uh, and, uh, and please, please let us help you through this and kind of navigate your thinking. Uh, and, and we're obviously always very welcome for your input and feedback as well as your questions. So I hope you have a wonderful day uh, and uh, let's keep pushing forward and uh, always feel free to reach out to me directly. Thank you very much.